Thank you so much for this time. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And, Lord, not only here in our church, but throughout the world. And, Father, I know one thing you're concerned about people. You want to see people come to Christ. You want people to be born again, born from above. And we just pray that you do a work throughout the world tonight as the word of God is being preached. And I pray, Father, you do a work in our congregation. And, Father, I pray you bless the message. Pray you speak to all of our hearts, saved and lost alike, and be glorified in us. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Notice Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. The Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk uh, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Thank you. May we see it. One commentator said if the Holy Spirit was, uh, if the Holy Scriptures was a ring and the epistle to the Romans was a, a precious stone, then this chapter 8 would be a sparkling point of the jewel. And chapter 8 is the zenith for the believer. It's a great chapter. It opens up with no condemnation and ends with no separation. And so we thank the Lord for this uh, part of the Bible in chapter 8. There's so many wonderful things we'll see over the next uh, two or three weeks about chapter 8. And uh, we, we find in chapter 6, explains that there are those who are in Christ who have victory over uh, sin. And then in chapter 8, explains the believer, although he's in Christ uh, and has a brand new nature, there's also uh, abiding sin in their lives, and uh, a time of struggle. And uh, as much as uh, a child of God strives to be right, to do right, and and be right, there's an abiding presence of evil. The Bible tells us that. We have evil in our hearts. Why? Because of our, our sin nature. And that even though we're saved, our soul is saved, our spirit is saved, but the body is yet to be saved. And when we, we're raptured or we, we leave this world, uh, we'll have, a, new, uh, we'll have a, a body saved. So chapter 8 leads the believer onto higher uh, ground in dealing with the flesh and uh, the world and the devil. Now, chapter 8 is a, 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 a mountaintop experience. So we see chapters 1 through 3, the bottom of that uh, mountain, it deals with the sin nature. It deals with the Gentile world in verse 1, uh, chapter 1, verse chapter 2, it deals with the religious Jew. and chapter 3, it deals with both Jew and Gentile, and they're all under sin. And then we see in verse 4 and 5 where God speaks to us about grace, peace through our Lord Jesus Christ, forgiveness uh, through the blood of Jesus, and justification uh, through his resurrection. And then chapter 6, sin uh, shall not have dominion over you. Yield yourselves as instruments of, unrighte- uh, of righteousness. And chapter 7, within the believer is still our sin nature, our struggle, but there's victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then chapter 8, uh, watch this, eight times we find the, the mention of the Holy Spirit. And guess what number 8 stands for? Uh, number 8 stands for a new beginning. Amen? And that's what happens when you're saved. You've got a new beginning. It's a new, new life, new life in Christ. Now notice, if you would, chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So the word, uh, the, uh, we see here the, our past condition. In verse 1, he says, therefore, and refers back to chapter 7. 
and chapter 7 deals with the struggle of the saint and the shout at, uh, at uh, thanksgiving, where God tells us in chapter 7, verse 25, therefore, uh, is, is a word that lacks, uh, looks back and, and all that is preached, especially from chapter 5 to chapter 8. Now, notice verse 25, if you would. The Bible says, I, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. So that's where the shout comes from, where we have victory through Jesus Christ. And um, we, we find here that before salvation, man is condemned under the condemnation of the law. So uh, think about this. Condemned means damned. It means doomed. It means convicted. It speaks of uh, found guilty, uh, sentenced by a judge. Now notice chapter 8, verse 2, if you would, or chapter 3, I'm, I'm sorry, chapter 8, verse 3, for that what the law could not do, and that it w- was weak through the flesh, God sent his own son the likeness of sin of sinful flesh for sin condemned sin in the flesh notice back here in uh, john chapter 3 please john chapter 3 and we find here where god tells us in john chapter 3 before salvation god says in verse 17 uh, before salvation uh, god says in verse 17 uh, for God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Uh, verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. So God didn't send the Son to condemn the world. Why? Because the world was condemned already. And then he said, verse 18, uh, verse, uh, let me see, 19, he says, and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And that's the truth. Men love darkness. You know, you think about uh, nightclubs, uh, uh, bars, and so it's all, What is it? It's always dark in those places, right? Why? Because they're doing evil. It's not bright lights and, you know, uh, uh, you know an awareness of what's going on. It's, people are like the lights low. And so that, that's what goes on in, in those places. And why? Because men love darkness rather than light. So we, we see man is damned, he's doomed, he, he's convicted, he's found guilty, sentenced, and judged. Notice uh, Romans chapter 5, please. Romans 5, and we look at verse 12. Romans 5, verse 12. And God tells us here how this all began. Verse 12, wherefore... As by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And then notice, if you would, verse 18, there, therefore as the, by the offense of, of one judgment came, into, uh, came upon all men to con- condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men on the justification of life. So God tells us that man's a sinner because of Adam. Adam came in the garden. He uh, was in the garden, rather. And uh, God, uh, he sinned against God. And because of that, the, the whole world has sinned against God. It's, we're born that way. It's our nature to go against God. So to be condemned means to be separated from relationship with God. And uh, to be without spiritual life. 
And a lot of people find offense with that, but that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that men are lost. Men are unsaved. We aren't born Christians. We aren't born, you know, I've always known God. You haven't, because God tells us you haven't. And so in physical death, there's a separation of soul and spirit from the body. So is spiritual death. There's a separation of the spirit from God. And so we see in, uh, in chapter 4 and verse 18, unsaved men uh, are alienated from God. Now think about this. The Bible says having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through uh, their ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, I want to tell you this right now. If you're lost tonight and you say, well, I, I, I'm lost, I know I'm lost and all that. I, I think in a lot of places, a lot of hearts, people just know the, the, the lingo. They, they know what to say. But I'm telling you, when I got lost, I, I wanted Christ more than anything. I, I was going to go to hell for anyone. I wanted Christ. I was willing to forsake you know, all for Jesus Christ. And so that's, that's a, a thought that we had to consider. And, uh, to, you know, once I found out I was lost, a lot of people, you know, they know the, enough of the Bible, they say, I'm lost, you know, and it's like nothing. But to, to be lost should drive you to Jesus Christ. Amen? And so we, we see unsaved men cannot please God. And notice Romans chapter 8, and verse 6. The Bible says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. God goes on and tells us in verse 7, because a carnal mind is enmity against God. For it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So we have church uh, three times on a Sunday, a Wednesday night. And, you know, I know people want to be here. Sometimes they have to work and so on. But the, the idea they want to be here. But a lot of, some people say, oh, I'm saved. I, I know I'm saved. I know if I die right now, I'm going to heaven. But they, they care less about coming to church. They're not interested in coming to church. Why? They are enmity against God. They, they have issues with God. Why? Who knows? Because of sin nature, that's why they had their enmity with God. And so uh, we, we, we see here that unsaved man cannot please God, and this is why man is condemned. This is why he's unsaved. Man, man condition is not a state, uh, is not only in a state of condemnation, but he's consumed. Notice chapter 8 and verse 5. Uh, the Bible says in verse 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So uh, uh, let me say this about, you know, what the Bible mentions about uh, consumed. So what are you living for? What, what, are you, what are you into? Are you into materialism? Are you, you know, are, are you, you know, uh, you know, into buying furniture and redecorating your house and clothes and all. But maybe there's something else that you're, you're into. But let me tell you something. If you're saved, you're going to be after the Spirit. You're going to be after what God teaches, what God says in his word. And then he goes on and says in verse 6, I read a little while ago, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Uh, because a carnal mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, of God neither indeed can be. So the, what happens is that people are lost. They're walking after the flesh. They're practicing sin. Notice Ephesians chapter 2, please. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And God tells us here again 
in verse 1, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world. So are you walking in the spirit or are you after the world? You want the world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now work in the children of disobedience. So are you considered a, a child of God that you're obedient? Or are you considered a lost person that's disobedient? I mean, God, it's not hard to figure out where you, where you uh, uh, want to stand in this. He said in verse 3, among whom also we all had our conversation, our lifestyle in times past in the lust of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Notice First Timothy chapter five, please. First Timothy chapter five. And notice if you would verse sixteen. And the Bible says in First Timothy five, verse sixteen, if any man or woman that believeth have widows, let them relieve them, and let not the church I don't think this is what I want. Oh, here's verse, verse 6. I'm sorry. Verse 6. Uh, but, she that, uh, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. So there are people, and women or men, who are, are living in pleasure, but they're dead spiritually. They have no spiritual life. They don't know God. They don't walk with Christ. They don't, uh, they're not led by the Spirit of God. Notice chapter 2 of Colossians, please. Chapter 2. Chapter 2 and verse 13. And the, the Bible says in verse 13, And you, being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with them, having forgiven you all trespasses. So again, this speaks of people who have been saved. God's forgiven them for all their sins. And they, what they do, as Romans chapter 8 and uh, teaches, they go after the Spirit. Their desire is the Spirit of God. Now, man is under the condemnation of God because of his relationship with Adam. And because everyone is born with a sinful nature. And then third of all, because man's sinful deeds, the, their depraved nature produces. So God, you know, is telling us these things. And it's so important that we take heed. So God will judge those uh, who refuse truth and who uh, reject truth. And again, I know I've dealt with a lot of lost people over the years. People say, I'm not against the truth. I'm, I'm for the truth. But if you're not submitting to the truth, you're again, Jesus said, he that is not with me is against me. And that's, that's important to understand, important to receive. And don't, don't uh, allow yourself to die and go to hell without Christ. You've got to be saved. So we see our past condition, and then we see our permanent position. And in chapter 8, verse 1 of Romans, the Bible says, Therefore has its roots in our justification of Christ through his blood. And also its roots of, of our union of Christ. Notice chapter 8, and verse 1, the Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation of them that are in Christ Jesus. And I know I, I preached this before about being in Christ. Uh, here's another verse of Scripture speaking about being in Christ. And if you're not in Christ, you're in the flesh. You're, you're separated from God. You're lost. And uh, that's a terrible place to be. And God goes on and says, 
also, uh, uh, and also roots of our identification with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now, there cannot be condemnation to those that have been justified. If you've been uh, raised to a new life, if you've experienced a Christ's working life, the death, burial, and resurrection, you've been raised to a new life. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, let's turn there, please. Romans chapter 4, and notice, if you would, verse 5. And God's word says, but, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. So again, if you're not going to trust your works, but believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and that you're justified by faith uh, to the ungodly. So this is wonderful. And forgiveness of sins include the, the negation of our condemnation. And this is important for us to comprehend that no longer am I condemned uh, because I'm in Christ. And again, God tells us uh, in his word about, you know, I, even I, am he that blot out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and uh, I will remember their sins no more. So God, God declares on godly man, uh, to be justified, being perfect while still ungodly. That's, the, that's interesting. So you know, I was ungodly when I was lost, but God justifies me. I still have the sin nature, but I've been given a new life. I've, I've received divine life from, from God. I, I have a, a dual nature now. I'm a spiritual man, that, yet I have carnality in me. And uh, this is no excuse because the Bible tells us that sin shall not have dominion over you. Amen? We're not to be that way. But the thing is, I've been raised to a new life, and you're saved, so have you. Now, the Scriptures do not declare that there are no faults or failures, inconsistencies, no infirmities of flesh, corruption, but rather no condemnation. That's what God says. If you've been saved by God's grace, you repented towards God and have faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ, God says there's no condemnation. Is there still sin? Of course there is. But you're a new man, you're a new woman in Christ. And that's the key, being in Christ. And so we're in Christ as men are in Adam. In Adam, the Bible says we're going to die, eternal death. But in Christ, we have eternal life. The Bible says, uh, in, notice in First John, let's turn there please, First John chapter 5, and uh, notice, if you would, First John 5, and we pick it up here in verse um, uh, 11. And this is the record that God had given to us, eternal life. And this life is where? In his son. It's not in Mary, it's not in the church, it's not in Baptist church, any other church. It's not in some cult, it's in Christ. And the Bible says, he that hath the son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So here's my question to you. When did you, when did you get saved? When did someone show you from the Bible, or when's a, when did you heard preaching that caused you to repent of your sin and, and put your faith in Christ? When was it? 
You know, the other day I was speaking to someone. They said it was uh, over a period of time. Can't be. Did you, did you have, you know, many had children. Did you have you children over a period of time? I'm not talking about, you know, um, you know, struggling with childbirth. I'm talking about days, weeks, months. Of course not. There's a birth, new life. And that's what happens when you're born again, when you're born from above. You have new life in Christ. So, again, the key is being in Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, the Bible says, In whom uh, ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed, you are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So you have to ask yourself the question, when did I hear the word of God? When did I believe the truth? And when did I place my faith in Jesus Christ? Well, I trust him and him alone for salvation because then that's when I was sealed with the Spirit. And let me say this to you, beloved. I'm, I'm trying to be as honest as I can with each and every one of you. Don't make up a story. Don't sit there thinking about, well, when was that? I think, I think this was it. See, I know when I got saved. I know when I passed from death unto life. I know that I was born from above. I, I, I know I was converted to Christ. Because that's what my whole life has represented since I've been saved. 44 years, my devotion to Christ. I'm not bragging about myself. You know, I'm a sinner. I'm a wretched man, as chapter 7 says. But I know that I'm, I have a, 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 a Jesus Christ, my Lord. I, I live for God. I serve God day in and day out. And so that's important. Don't, don't try to make up a story because one day you're all, we're all going to stand before God. You understand that? We're all going to stand before the Savior and stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ and we're going to give an account for our lives. And the, the, the lost are going to stand before God of the great white throne judgment and they're going to give an account. And, you know, it's, it's a sobering thought. That one day we'll be face to face with God. So be honest. Be honest with yourself. So we see that salvation, being in Christ, is inalterable. It's a permanent, is what I'm trying to say. And we find that in 1 John 5, again, this is a record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. In John chapter 10, verse 28, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now, once one is saved, uh, they can lose, once one is saved, they cannot lose their salvation. Why? It's a gift of God. See, that's what took place. When you got saved, you received the gift of God. It wasn't up to you, it was God gave you that gift, God gave you Christ. God gave you forgiveness. God gave you eternal life. See, it's all of God. And uh, so we find here that you know, once we're saved, uh, we cannot lose our salvation. And, and the key is to know that salvation is knowing Jesus as both Lord and Savior. Now, we find that, uh, we find that salvation is free, makes us free from condemnation. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, the Bible says, For the Son of God came to seek and to save that which is lost. Remember, when 
Adam and Eve in the garden, after they sinned against God, what happened? God went looking for them. Now, they went and tried to cover up their unrighteousness. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. I've got allergies, my eyes are drooping, the whole thing's falling apart. But anyway, uh, so, uh, what was I saying? Where am I? I feel like Joe Biden right now. No, I'm just kidding. So, the, the thing is this, is, uh, you know, God went looking for Adam. Adam and Eve were making fig leaves. They knew they did wrong. They realized they were naked. Now, to be honest with you, I'll, I'll be very uh, bottom line this. If a man and woman's naked, you know, and there's no one around, what's there to worry about, right? But the thing, they, they had the guilt of sin. They had the, the condemnation from God that just took place so quickly. And so, as a result of that, uh, they went running high and they sown fig leaves. And I, I believe they were selfish about it. Adam was sowing himself fig leaves. Eve was sowing herself fig leaves. They want to cover up. But what happened? This is the law first mentioned. God went looking for them. God went, Adam, where art thou? And uh, why? Because on a regular basis, day in, day out, God always came into the garden and cool in the evening. And uh, he, he walked with them. He fellowshiped with them. Well, they're running to hide so the question we have to ask, where, where were they? They were hiding. They were making fig leaves, trying to cover up their, their nakedness, their sin. And God has, God has, just in the New Testament, God says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. And so we, we find, he praise the Lord for that, right? But we, because man was condemned already, sentenced, and uh, damned, and doomed, and convicted, and found guilty, judged. John 8, 32, the Bible says, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 36, if the Son therefore make you free, you'll be free indeed. In verse 34, 35, very, very, I say unto thee, uh, I say unto you, uh, whosoever committeth or, or practices sin is a servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abide forever. Now Jesus came to set us free uh, from sin and its ramifications and its judgments, its penalties. And uh, the, the Bible tells us, you know, uh, that in Jude, chapter, uh, Jude verse 1, and uh, to thou um, that are sanctified uh, by God the Father and preserved by the Lord Jesus Christ. What's he speaking here? About our salvation. Preserved means to be to guard, to hold firmly, to watch, to keep, to expose, uh, express watchfulness, uh, care over. And this word speaks of a continuing preservation to the believer and continuing and complete. In John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus said, Very, very, I say unto you, uh, He that heareth my word, believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, shall not come into being damned or doomed or convicted or found guilty, uh, sentenced or judged, but is passed from death and life. Being in Christ is inalterable, inevitable, and the uh, Bible speaks about it, uh, to change. And then uh, let us see, it has the intention uh, of what God's going to do for us. In First John chapter 3, verse 7, Little children, let no man deceive you. Uh, he that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. 
But the devil sinned from the beginning. And for this purpose, son of man uh, was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. See, that's why Jesus came. He came to save us and destroy the works of the devil in our lives. And the Bible says why. Uh, and because of 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, one has spiritual life and life from God. It's an unavoidable change. It's an inescapable. It's irrevocable. Uh, there is no one who uses, who used to be saved. Uh, th- that's a false profession. That's someone who was never converted. They had a profession, but they didn't have possession of the Spirit of God. And these are false professors who saved, but they never were. But uh, they were used to be saved. Now, regardless of the, the, the child of God's circumstances, they're not condemned. Uh, what if they have a lot of problems? Still, if you have salvation, you're not condemned. What if you're sick and ridden with disease? There's no condemnation. What, what if I'm financially strapped? This, this has nothing to do with your salvation. Your salvation in Christ. What if I'm poor? There's no condemnation. What if I'm, uh, what if I'm not in a good marriage? There's no condemnation. You want to say because your wife or husband, you're saved by Jesus Christ. What if I'm, I'm afflicted? I, I, I'm, I'm not condemned. What if I'm uh, tempted? You're still not condemned. What if you have failed the Lord? You're not condemned. What if you don't uh, think much of yourself? You, there's has nothing to do with your salvation. Your salvation is in Christ. What if I think too much of myself? I feel sorry for you, but you're not condemned. What if I'm misunderstood or, or maligned? Uh, you know, the idea is there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. That's it. And so we find that the Savior uh, knows us in that relationship. Jesus said in John ten twenty seven, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. In Matthew 7, verse 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. That's the key. If you're saved, you're going to do God's will. And so you should be baptized, become a member of a church, uh, you know, read your Bible, pray, serve the Lord, witness for Christ, uh, do God's will. That's, that's the bottom line, doing God's will. And to go outside of those things, but I think I'm doing God's will by, you know, this is what the Bible says. And that's what we base our salvation on, what the Word of God says, receiving the truth. And because I received the truth, I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do his will for my life. Amen? And so the question is not, do you know God? But rather, does Jesus know you? And so we see that uh, we're, to, uh, we're not condemned. Uh, we're uh, not uh, under God's wrath. We've been set free. Now notice Romans chapter 8, verse 29 and we're just about done. The Bible says, uh, listen to what God's doing in our life. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be firstborn among many brethren. Now you're saved by God's grace. You know that the Holy Spirit's working in your life. To what? To make you like Jesus. I, 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 why God would find interest in John Graff, I know not. But he does. Why God would find interest in you, I don't know. But he does. And he finds such interest in you, 
He doesn't want to make you just like anyone. He might want to make you like Jesus Christ. What a privilege. That's why we should yield to the Lord. That's why we should surrender. That's why we yield ourselves to God. Just like Romans chapter 6 says, you know, yield your, your instruments of righteousness unto God. So, Colossians chapter 3 verse 10, and, and have put on the new man, which is renew the knowledge of, uh, of, uh, after the image of him that created him. So again, it's renewed. How do we renew our minds? By the word of God. It's all about Jesus. Old Testament, New Testament, all about Christ. And so that's why it's important to hide the word of God in your heart. Why? That you may not sin against God. Let me close by saying this, that this is God's plan and goal for the child of God. To mold and shape and form the character with a picture of Jesus Christ. Uh, The Bible says, Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. And during Jesus' earthly ministry, there were certain Greeks which came to Philip and the apostle and inquired of Jesus, saying in John chapter 12, verse 21, Sir, we would see Jesus. And may I say this, you may not have people come up to you and say, Sir, that we might see Jesus, but that's what our goal should be. We want people to see Christ in us, the hope of glory. What salvation do people have without Jesus? So it's important that we, we are, are conforming to the image of his son. And how does God do that? Well, first of all, he sets us free. There's no condemnation. That doesn't mean we're going to live in sin, but rather we're going to live for Christ. We have, we have a desire to live for the Lord. And I say, if that's the case, then let's live for God every day. 24-7, doing God's will for our life. Amen? Let's stand on our feet, please. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. No one look around.